0: Uh, Aaron, man, thank you so much for joining me. Um, you are the author that I wish I could be. Uh, you write all the things that I talk about, and and you see, you seem to know more about the financial world than I do. So uh, I, I, I love your books, man. Um, I, I really uh, like your newest one. It's called The Menu, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, thanks for joining me today, man. I'm happy to
1: be here. I finished watching my Saturday morning cartoons, and now I guess I got to go be an adult.
0: You know they used to have good Saturday morning cartoons now they're all shit.
1: They're well, see they don't even have I mean you got the cartoon channel. You know if you want to watch cartoons that and that really destroyed a um I guess what was a, a cultural uh uh ritual. You know like every morning when I was a kid oh man Saturday morning cartoons like that was that was better than church and and then about <laughs> Ten thirty, eleven, then the then the lame shows came on. Your parents and Evelyn you out of the house and you had to go and play. And uh now there's there's really no cartoons on in the morning. So I gotta I wasn't really watching cartoons, but yeah. You know, <laughs> boring stuff like having coffee and being grumpy and being an adult. Right. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, now, now if, if it's a cartoon, I'm probably going to go watch cowboy bebop or something like
0: that. Man, I tell you, I used to get up and uh, I would do the Scooby-Doo and I would do uh, like the super friends, which had like uh Batman and oh, Superman sure. and all that stuff. And uh, of course, Looney Tunes and all the good stuff, but there was stuff on that. I remember sometimes I'd wake up really early, like five or 6am mm. and they had these old, it reminds me of the old vintage, uh, like, not quite, like, it wasn't Captain Kangaroo type, but they had, do you remember the old horror shows that they used to have on where they'd have a host and he was made in, like, made up in makeup and they'd, he'd be Sengui like. Sven Yeah, Vincent stuff. like Price they, type of stuff? Yeah, they had stuff like that and there was a werewolf show and they had some real weird shit on in the morning. I used to love yeah. that stuff.
1: That must have been unique to your area because a lot of people, they don't know this, like, broadcasting was very local. Yeah. So depending on what your local channel was broadcasting, we had the U.S. Ag Report because it was like it was like the pregame <laughs> show for cartoons. If you woke up early enough because we were so excited. Right. Uh, it'd be the U.S. Ag Report. And Well, that's exciting for kids, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then we had we didn't have the horror shows. We did have the streets of San Francisco with a very young Michael Douglas, I believe. <laughs> so here we are like four, six and eight. Watching the streets of San Francisco, and
0: you couldn't at do five a.m. You can't do that today because all you'd see is a bunch no. of homeless people taking shits all over the place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so you're up. I won't say specifically where you live because I don't know specifically, but I know you're. People
1: know I'm in the Rapid City area. Okay,
0: yeah. okay. Yeah. So you're you're in 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 uh, the South Dakota there. Mm-hmm. And what made you pick that that portion of the world and because you a, built your a host of things. You, you bought your own land and, and built your own place as well, didn't you? Right,
1: right. I sold my place in the Twin Cities and uh, bought the land, built a house. Um, the main I've been wanting to come here most of my life, uh, adult life anyway. And the reason why is uh, I love motorcycle riding, some of the best motorcycle riding in the world. Um, you oh. can hike and climb mountains. The mountains are not that big, but I cap out like a plane does. I cap out at about 11,005 yeah, where I, I, I can't, unless I train at higher altitudes, Yeah, uh, I will get altitude sickness. So the Rockies and the, and Glacier National Park, obviously there's bigger, taller mountains, but if you get up above 11,000, all of a sudden it really starts to hurt. So the highest peaks out here are like 7,000 and change. So you can get some great hiking in. Um, and then I, I'm kind of a, a rock hound nerd where they got some great geology out here. They got agates, they got garnets, they got fossils. Um, <clears throat> you could pan for gold. And then if you really want to do some big mountains, the Bighorn Mountains is the next range over. Yep. And Yellowstone is the next range over from that. So it it really, oh, and then there's like no state income taxes. Right. And it's significantly warmer here. The, the climate is more like Denver. So it's not that harsh cold that you get in the upper Midwest.
0: Well, I mean, I, I guess that's that's a matter of opinion because, man, my winter in Montana was long and cold <laughs> and wet. And the funny thing is, like, I went to Mount Salkante in uh, Peru, and mm-hmm. and that's a, it was about an 80 kilometer, so it's about 50, 55 miles of hiking in five days. So you're doing like 10 mm-hmm. miles a day. And they, they take you from kind of a central area up to the peak of Mount Sulcante. And I remember looking at my watch, and it was 15,000 500 feet at the peak oh, of that wow. i was like a drunk man i was stumbling yeah. i was i mean it really felt like you had you know way too many beers you're trying to climb up this mountain and i i would go maybe a hundred yards and then sit down for five minutes and just yep, uh, it was unbelievable so i definitely get what you're saying on the uh on the uh, altitude sickness i almost called it alcohol sickness that's almost the same way and so yeah. you you bought a, a piece of land and then you did you like design and buy builders and kind of do your own thing as far as the house goes. Yeah. Get-
1: yeah. I, I designed it myself. It's nothing fancy or, or spectacular. I designed it to be um, <clears throat> streamlined for my purposes. So I have mm-hmm. a recording studio, obviously. Yep. Um, and then like uh, have things accommodating for wood burning stove, survival, that kind of stuff. So it's not, it's basically just a, a log cabin. It doesn't look anything different from the outside, but on the inside, it's it's designed, interiorly designed for me. So it's kind of, it, it's your old nestled within the woods type of log cabin type of thing, but with modern day technology and construction technology.
0: Yeah. It's funny because you and I never talked about, like, I, I didn't know your setup before I got started. And, mm. but I, I'm, I'm kind of like you, which is just, Hey, uh, you know, I want to be prepared in case the bad times come. I don't want to be relying on the government for my water and my electric and my, my heat right. and everything else. And so I'm kind of doing the same thing, just wood stove and you know if you lose the air conditioning and you lose the power grid a little bit of solar or some backup generators for your right. fridge and freezer and and a wood stove to keep warm and you can sweat your balls off in the summertime we will live you know you won't freeze to death so uh, right. i definitely I, I definitely see where you're coming up from from there um so you're uh you've written now i don't know how many books nine or ten books how many about that in? yeah I'd, I'd have to go add them up but yeah re-
1: real books as a, outside of like compendiums and essays yeah
0: which one would you say people should be reading right now I know the menus your newest one but you also have like uh, let's see I even made this banner let me click on this banner oh, so okay because I got this cool banner right here, author of the oh, menu, yeah, that, yeah, bachelor yeah. economics,
1: CEO of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's every every Zoomer's the CEO
1: of their their crypto trading bro. That's yeah. right. Yeah,
0: yeah. But but you've also written "Enjoy the Decline," and and that may be kind of where we're knocking right now.
1: Right. Yeah. Once, especially what two days ago, when we're gonna forgive everyone of being <sighs> of of their party four year party loan debt for jokes of degrees uh that is probably the most germane book right now people have been bringing that up uh maybe a a close second would be worthless because we're bailing people out of worthless degrees yeah but at at this moment right now yeah i enjoy the decline would probably be the the most
0: germane they better start uh, creeping that up another two three four bucks you know a book and that way really milk in on the
1: (laughs) yeah uh you know what i i could but after after I'm sure you're kind of the same philosophy, like there's always something to tweak or improve. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you and I are roughly the same age. You know what? I I make enough money. Uh, I don't want to squeeze another drop. of I want to go out and have fun. like right after this, I'm going for a motorcycle ride right. and, and playing video games for the rest of the day. So I I'm not really money focused as much as I am time and freedom focused right now.
0: Well, when it comes to that kind of thing. So. um Let's let's talk a little bit about finances because I know that's that's what's most like. We can always talk about shitty women like that's yeah no, that's that a constant won't, that won't end anytime soon. No, no, but but I don't think um, I think when things get really tough, men are not so worried about picking up the cute girl at the bar. They're more worried about paying their paying their bills and worrying about their future. At least they should be, I think. Um, yeah. So right now, well, during the kind of during the the. The last couple of years, we had all the lockdowns. A lot of small businesses kind of fell apart. A lot of people, like even now, you know, I'm in downtown Knoxville here in my apartment. And I go, there's a pizza place across the way and a sushi place and these pubs and bars. And there's, you know, you got a lot of activities down here. But but when I first got here even a month and a half ago, um, the pizza place was open for lunch specifically and then dinner. And then it kind of went to uh, dinners. And then it kind of went to, we're only open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday for lunch and dinner and then dinners only. And now it's completely closed in just six weeks. They kind of went from, you know, lunch and dinner to, we just couldn't make it. And a lot of places are doing that. So we see, we see people are not showing up to work. Young people are doing this quiet quitting, which is just being as absolutely lazy as they can, can be while they're at work collecting their paycheck. Businesses aren't surviving, but the stock market was fine. And everything seemed to be churning along with this fake, you know, like, hey, everything's great right up until it isn't. So mm. where do you think we are as far as the economy, you know, what what the political outlook looks like for, you know, the next little bit? What should kind of guys be preparing for?
1: Um, guys should be... <clears throat> I hate to sound so uh, conspiratorial, but you should be aiming to be able to survive on your own. Like I had solar panels installed because I don't believe we're generating or investing enough in men and women who are engineers and electricians. Uh, you should probably have your own water. You should have your own heat source, food, all those things like that. <clears throat> because the, the main thing uh, that is affecting the economy right now is that we have not we have basically just pissed away two generations we, right. we raised two generations of effectively useless people it's not saying all people i mean there's always useless people in every generation but as a percentage of people or percentage of the labor force uh we have a generation of over-educated college idiots with completely useless degrees but we right. don't have enough plumbers right and you even talked about this a little bit I i remember very clearly your story about how you had to have um was like a it was a oil change or something was unique about your car and it was specific to that car so it had to be done by a mechanic and it was like a month or two wait
0: oh yeah it was right in yeah. right in Bozeman where I I went into and this is on a, a new Ford Ranger hmm. and normally I do my old, own oil changes I do my own maintenance but when you're in an apartment you got no garage you can't get an oil pan and do all that shit laying out in the in right. apartment parking lot. And I went in and they just, it was was like a month to get my car in. And then after I dropped my car off, it took another 10 days. And I I kept asking them, like, what the hell's going on? Because I'm a patient guy. I I don't use my vehicle for a lot, especially in Bozeman. Uh, I'd use my motorcycle or my bicycle or, you know, I have other modes of transportation. And they just said, because the cost of living, so many Californians in L.A. and all, you know, the, the West Coasters moved to Bozeman. They had such an influx of people, the price of everything shot up, and then right. they couldn't afford to raise people's wages that much, and everybody just said, "I can't afford my rent. I can't afford food here anymore." So the working class left, and you're left with this weird shell of uppity ups that have all this money because they sold their house for you know one point five million in L.A. They came right. to Bozeman with all this money, spent five or six hundred thousand on a on a three hundred thousand dollar house. And they just priced the working class right out of the market, and they were just all leaving, and and so, uh, yeah, I I think, uh, I think we're in for some we're in for some weird times because there's a lot of things we're in for bad times, yeah. And the
1: the reason why is we did not generate enough workers or producers, but we've produced we've raised a bunch of parasites, right? A bunch of true. I do mean this by the definition, like they don't work, Uh, they're petulant little children. Um, well, this is the and, and the... you could see this with with the bailout where they're complaining. It's not enough. <laughs> right. You know, I and so and, and if you had it, it's very boring. It's not exciting. And, and economics is not exciting. But shock, when you pay people not to work or raise them to be entitled, they won't work. And if they don't work, we don't have things and we don't have stuff. Right. And so ranging from everything from oil changes to pizza to what I would say is much more important, electricity and food right uh that's that's what you're seeing and so yeah the the disease uh caused some supply chain issues those were were genuine and and true but that's that's coming on a year and a half that that dog ain't gonna hunt no more right what it is is we have a bunch of lazy kids who don't want to work and don't even have the the operating system programmed into their mind as to why they need to or should work
0: right what's the part this is the participation trophy award group of kids that's finally getting an adult and now they they feel like they should be given everything not realizing that it's other people's work that has to give it to you it's it's the barter trade system that they
1: right and what what's masking this is uh we do import a ton of necessary staples in life from overseas specifically china yeah and now we get into the complicating the economic picture with the world's reserve currency and who's printing off more money. But the short version is that China for the, for quite some time and other countries as well have been producing the majority of the stuff that we consume. Right. And the only way, reason we could get away with it is because uh, China has a lot more people, cheaper labor. So they they uh, uh, could produce a lot of stuff at a fraction of the cost if it were to be Americans. Um. And the reason that this doesn't balance out <clears throat> into the exchange rate, well, one, China has a controlled exchange rate into pursuing a, a, uh, an economic strategy of mercantilism, which I don't want to bore people with. But also China is horrendously corrupt and the United States has the military. We have nukes. So we could just effectively keep printing off more money because of the rest of the world is not in that much better shape than the United States. And right. so that's what we've been running on is luck. The day will come and it it, it may become sooner than later because China is now facing a, a huge uh, debt, real estate related uh, financial crisis where their domestic co- economy might shut down. Yeah, And it doesn't matter what the exchange rate is and who has a better, more reliable currency. If their factories aren't running because their people aren't showing up to the factories because the government essentially just took all their property, uh, there are not widgets or things or anything that is going to be stocking in the shelves in walmart and then normally if if we're living in not clown world we'd have our own domestic workers and and we, we'd start building our own factories but honest to god what do you do with a 33 year old adult child who right. has a undergrad in early childhood education and the operating system of the i'm entitled and you should bail me out and i'm gonna live at home and live off my stimmy checks right and so that's that's you can't just Flip a switch and create a labor force that is skilled, talented, and ready to work. We we have really uh, put ourselves in a bad economic spot because th- th- we don't have an economic engine. We have a bunch of whiny little adult children, is what we have.
0: Well, that's I think that's one of the reasons why they the Fed hasn't. You know, normally when you have a, a kind of the the crazy inflation, uh, the Fed responds with raising interest rates. Uh, people want to save their money because they can get five, ten, twenty percent, like it was in the '80s. Uh, after the horrendous '70s, uh, right. you get twenty percent interest. People say, "Hey, you know what? Inflation's going up, but if I save my money, I'm not spending that crazy money, and I'm also making decent, getting a decent return on my savings." Well, now because we're so in debt that if we raise the interest rates, the our government. Will, will go bankrupt because they can't afford the rates on the $30 trillion that they've already done. Correct. So that leaves us in this place where we need to leave interest rates low, we need to let inflation sail, and we have to keep printing money for the the big go- government overspending.
1: For, 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 let's, let's be clear what we're printing off. We're printing it off for adult children. Right, so right. So that you don't have to pay back your, your loan for your joke of a student loan degree, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So So- with all this happening where do we where do you think we're going to land like where uh you know for the for the for for you and i we can say hey we've maybe we've got a little bit of cash in reserve although i'm I'm putting most of mine in my land in my house because at least that's a tangible asset mm-hmm. uh but for younger people that are say uh l- let's take it back to like you say where you and i are talking about a cabin in the woods with a wood stove and solar panels and because of, of where we are in life What about the young guy that's still maybe working at the pizza joint or delivery place that doesn't have the the wherewithal to get his own land and, and do that kind of thing? What should they expect maybe and what direction do you think they can go to at least try to survive this a little bit?
1: Well, the good news is because so few people, there's still demand. People still want to live. <clears throat> so there is demand, lots of demand for real tangible skills and maybe not even necessarily real tangible skills, but just showing up on time and being sober and doing your job. I'm not joking. Like, right. I mean, you, it, it's pretty bad, but there's ne- the, the big silver lining to this is there's never been a better time for a young man or woman who has no skills to go and earn a living wage. Um, if you show up on time and sober, uh, you could make yourself 15, $20 an hour right now, maybe you're not in the upper income levels and all that, but you know, go ahead, live at home. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go into debt. You could just start off working. And there's other things where if you're willing to get a little bit of a skill, you can make a lot of my truck drivers is a perfect example where, boy, man, if, if I was 18 year old Cappy, I'd be like going to truck driving school and I'd be taking the overnight shifts and the long haul shifts and, and making anywhere between 60 on the low end to a hundred on the high end. And then yeah. you live in your truck cause they got a, a cabin in there. So there is opportunity. So that's the best thing you can do. Then the next best thing you could do is get an actual tangible skill. Uh, obviously the trades, uh, but also accounting, computer programming, things, things we've talked about before, but, you know they're they're desperate for weight staff they're doubly desperate for tax accountants and welders and um, mechanics and things like that now that takes some time obviously to get a skill in a trade and become proficient at it um <clears throat> but the days of talking to Karen in HR who looks at you condescendingly well bachelors required masters preferred I I think that's that's kind of over now because these companies are are they no longer have a an over supply of overeducated uh, uh, labor force but going forward um yeah you could expect prices to go up you could expect and everyone talks about prices but you can also expect production to go down uh, I'm, I'm keeping a real keen eye on on China's uh, labor, uh, productivity to see if we can even get the stuff we want yeah uh, you, obviously oil has gone up uh, in price but you could expect a general, uh, inflationary environment continuing forward, ranging from everything from widgets at Walmart to your rent uh, until you know we get a real monetary policy that that attacks inflation, or we start producing things on our own. Uh, but that that is kind of what what you can expect. Um, <clears throat> we've never really kind of been in this environment before, as long as as far as my economic history takes us, because there is so few people willing to work in the labor force. That yes, we are technically in a recession, but there's so few people willing to work. You could still walk in and kind of get a job anytime you want. Right. So that that would kind of be a multi-stage strategy I'd recommend for any young man or woman today. <clears throat> get a, get a job like I'd recommend something like security, where you could go to school, work in the overnight shift, or get some kind of training like a truck driver or a merchant marine or something like that, where you could you could start making some some decent money. Concurrently to working that job to get you by and make a little bit of dough, pursue something that has a very good job at the end of it, accounting, the trades, computers, uh, the standard stuff we've, we've gone over before, but now more than ever. And I wouldn't even wait till you graduate. You know, you don't have to go to school for four years. Like These employers are so desperate that if you're slightly competent at programming, say, uh, I don't know, uh, C-sharp. Right. Uh, And you only got two years in, you might want to start sprinkling some resumes around and see if you can't get some employment. And then also, if you get employment, we'll put, you know, and it pays enough, put your education part time and go full time with the work. And then the third or or tertiary uh, stage of of that strategy is, well, you got to kind of figure out where you want to live first, but start start insuring against inflation uh the way that you can so i'd recommend slowly not taking in your life savings but you should get some exposure to some crypto you should be buying a little bit of silver the main thing would be your skills that acts as a hedge against inflation so if you're a dentist there's another you you don't even have to be a dentist a dental hygienist you know right uh an x-ray tech something like that that as inflation goes up people still need their teeth drilled so you can increase your your wage according to uh inflation but then over time this is you know i wish there was a solution like that but look at me and joker we're practically dead we're both in near our 50s i mean it's almost over for us and just now we're getting to the point where we got our house and and we're insuring against that but inevitably one of two things are either going to live in the united states or a first world nation that is facing similar economic problems okay so now it really probably behooves you to Have a house off grid. You're not relying on the government. You're not relying on the economic infrastructure that is going to be populated by generations of people who just don't want to work. So you have your own water. You have your own electric. I even bought my own food because I don't know how long farmers are going to keep this up. Right. And I don't think there's enough replacement for farmers. Or, and this is also another strategy I'm pursuing, is I've always talked about having a plan B. Where uh, starting this winter, I'm going to be going overseas and reconnoitering different countries to go buy land in so that if things get really bad here i could go overseas and not be homeless essentially
0: have a little plot in the south of chile or something
1: <laughs> yeah and, and yeah really yeah somewhere it, it depends um you know i don't know about chile they just voted in socialists. so yeah right <laughs> you know yeah okay uh i'm i'm more aiming for cultural stability because econ, economics can come and go um depending on who's elected but I'm looking more for cultural stability than I am economic stability. Uh, I want to go to a country where the people like themselves and they're not like, well, that group of people is bad and the cause of all my problem. And right. I absolutely am not going to go to a country where the women are hating their men or right. think that the men are the cause. I'm, I'm done with that with that shit um, where that is. I don't know. That's why I have to do some global research. Um, but that is something. You know, that's gonna take time, guys, but that is another thing you should actively be be researching, is like, okay, where do I gotta go when they start saying, well, we're not hiring men, period. Or, you know, I mean, really, <clears throat> really think about how mentally ill this country is right now. You have women not only thinking, but getting pissed off if you don't agree that big is beautiful. Right. I I am I'm, I'm just done with this. I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> done with it. And and I it's not even like I'm looking for another girl. I'm just I'm just like no. I am not going to say the emperor has no clothes and that fat chicks are hot. I'm done with it. I'm drawing the line there. I, so but these are all long-term inevitable goals you should be aiming for.
0: The one thing I think <clears throat> and we'll get into this a little bit more with the the dating and all that stuff, but I think when when we're when you're in such a good place that you have the ability to complain about everything that we're complaining about as a country, you know, mm-hmm. um, to the point where now I think, I honestly think the, the government knows we're in such deep shit financially that they're dangling all these carrots of, hey, you people should hate you people, and this group mm-hmm. should hate this group. And, and uh, you know, Biden just came out and and called everybody that is a part of the MAGA crew semi-fascist, and they're going to be tearing <laughs> down the government and all this. Uh, that kind of rhetoric, uh, I mean, not only does it bifurcate the country when it comes to politics and everything else, but I, I think, I mean, even pundits on TV, everybody is focusing at, at that, and they're not looking at this big crash that is coming behind. And I think that's going to sneak up and surprise a lot of people that all of a sudden the inflation continues at five, six, seven month after month or year after year. And when it's all said and done, uh, you're going to have a lot of homeless, a lot of poor people, a lot of, you know, the middle class becomes the poor class. The poor class is reaching out for the government. The government's coming around with 87000 new IRS agents saying, hey, pay us more. And I, I think when when all these hard times come through, I think that's where you're really going to find a lot of these weirdos dreams shattered, that reality is going to smack them in the face. And if you're a guy that can at least say, hey, I'm sane. I'm not buying in on all this crap. I'm not getting into this. I think that just alone will give you a leg up. Where you say, hey, you know what? I, I don't want to do this job, but it pays well. I'll do it. I'll cash out. I'll get a part-time job. Because I did this. Most of my, like when I was in the military, I had a part-time job as a security guy at a Sears uh, Sears and Roebuck. And I did security. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Old school. I've had a part-time job since I was 18 up until I, I became a network engineer, which was at 44. I've always had two jobs. And all I did on that second job is, is just stuff the money away invest, put it aside. And, you know, people can say, well, you know, why throw away so much of your life? But you know what? At 40, 45, I could say, hey, I'm comfortable now. And I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to work a lot when you're younger and you're not dating, you don't have a home, you don't have the responsibilities of kids and all this other stuff. It's a lot easier to stock it away then because at our age, you know, you you and I both know you can meet a twenty three year old Philly tomorrow, and if you wanted kids, you could make it happen. But if you do the opposite and you kind of just slough off your younger years, and then you get to our age and you say, "Okay, it's time to knuckle down," it's too late. You need that compounding money over all the years if you're going to do anything, right. you know, well with it.
1: Well, and and what you said is is critically important, <clears throat> and that is you are sane. Uh I I wrote uh this is one of those uh, uh essay things. It's called Sanity is the future of wealth. And it, it's short, but everyone should read it. Uh because if you look, there's there's basically two schools of thought uh in the United States. One being promoted by the government is delusion. Right. We don't have to right. work. Production just falls, literally, manna from heaven, you know. It, it, it and and oh, by the way, your value is derived from Largely traits you were born with. I call it traitism. And if you're not successful, it's not your fault. It's those other people's fault. Whatever the other people are, the people that don't share that trait with you. <clears throat> now, if you believe that, uh, you basically have the life now of millennials and older Zoomers and, and, and people who drink the Kool-Aid for, from Gen X. But you're poor. You're miserable. You, you are the type to complain that $10,000 ballot is not enough for your joke of a degree. You don't have any real skills. You're our age. You have no savings, and you are completely dependent on the government and psychologically brainwashed and hoodwinked into blaming whatever it is the patriarchy, the Jews, the white man, whatever it is that the that government narrative told you. Right. Then there's reality where, look, we all got to work. We got to produce something of value. You can't spend more than you make. And in simply adhering, to that reality, being empirical and looking out in front and saying, OK, what do I got to do? Well, you can look at the the. I, I'm not picking on the millennial generation. They're they're actually a victim in this one regard and that they were totally lied to <clears throat> and fed the Kool-Aid. And you got as a young person today, which is I only target young people because you're the only ones that have hope. You got a future. Everyone has wasted. theirs. I say, look, they believe that they were oppressed it's the evil corporations. They have mental illness when they don't. Blah, 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 blah. Women don't need no man. Whatever, whatever the lie is, you can believe that and look where they ended up. They have literally wasted. Their youth is all gone. They're half dead. And the last half of the game is yet to be lived. And they are crippled financially, skill-wise, and also I would say mentally because it's a, they don't have the mentality or the operating system necessary to salvage the, the second half of the game. So it's sad but they're like in terminal like if a, a thing in orbit gets a little bit too close to another thing it, it will inevitably spiral in and crash into that planet or or the sun or whatever else have you. Right. It's terminal. You're not they're not their life has been wasted. What I try to point out is like look, if you acknowledge reality and make decisions based in reality, you're going to have a tremendously more successful and consequently happier, at least content life. And that and you got to i hate to throw this in there you got to throw away this oh but i'm black or i'm female or i'm i i like this genitalia you have to remove all of that because if you swallow that you are now crippling yourself and coming nowhere near to what you're going to want to achieve yeah so if you are merely sane and accept reality and make decisions based in those realities you're going to be a lot better off than than the past three generations before you So, yes, I am going to major in something that people want. I'm going to become a a nurse, a doctor, a dentist. It's not as exciting as being a teacher and saving the world. But you weren't going to save the world anyway. You will, however, make $120,000 a year as a dentist, you know, and you, you may be feeling deep, but you will have financial stability and then you will know you will be contributing something of value to society. Another reality is like, okay, you go to the gym, you're in shape. uh, You will have better success with the opposite sex. That's a big lie to women. Like, look, if you were just feminine and nice and pretty, you would get a lot more guys, higher quality guys that you want. Uh, but they don't want to believe that because they have to go to the gym and be nice and put something other than themselves at the center of the of their lives right so if if you accept this reality and start making decisions early on that is based in reality, not only are you going to have much more financial and I would say uh, life success in terms of happiness and all that, You're not going to be mentally ill and pissed off, right? I I know we're all upset about the student loan bailouts and the way the country is going. But if if you were to take a look at us as a group, us consciously aware red pill types are a lot happier than our 48 year old counterpart spinster, who is forever pissed at whatever the patriarchy, the Republicans in the Senate, white men, whatever, because her life sucks. But she's delusional. She's bought the funny farm. She's never coming back. And there was no dislodging her and getting her into the real world. So it, it's a choice we got to present to young people. Like, do you want to be empirical? Do you want to live in the real world? Do you want to make the boring but right? You know, do you want to eat your broccoli or do you want to have chocolate ice cream and cake all the time to, to wake them up? And to get that might might save the country and the culture a generation from now. But I, I I don't think we got the the megaphones or the the uh, brainwashing network that that the government does kind of through the media itself and and the education system.
0: Well, I I think what I've what I've learned, you know, over, I, I never went to I went to college for like a, a semester and I, I was fresh out of high school and I said I'm not ready for this. And then I got into the military, I did that, and, and then after that, several years later, I went back and and started working on my associate's degree. And in the end, I ended up with a high school diploma. That is really the only thing I can, like I can say I have enough hours for an associate degree if you added all my college hours together, but I don't officially have any degree. But the one thing, and but my last job was walking into a Fortune 500 networking company. It's the very large one that's on the back end of everything. And I started at forty grand a year and worked my way up to one hundred and twenty grand a year because of my knowledge. and because I showed up before the boss, I left after the boss, and I did decent work and I learned quickly. And the one thing that i I know throughout my life at least is that if you hustle and if you keep your eyes open and if you're willing to work, and yeah, you gotta work sometimes two jobs and you gotta you know you gotta make some sacrifices, um, that if you're a hustler and you're smart with your money, you're almost bound to succeed because you're a hustler compared to people that aren't and that you're working harder than people that aren't. And if you don't spend like 95% of everybody does overspending on stuff that you just don't need. And because I mean, my cell phones here, people would look at it and be like, my God, man, you (laughs) you do know there's new phones out for the last half a decade. Um, I'm the guy that that's why they built planned obsolescence into electronics, because otherwise I'd never have anything new. And it's, I just think if you, if you're that guy, you almost have to succeed, because you're doing more than most of the sheeple uh, that are doing today. Even mm-hmm. the ones with degrees or with the fancy this, that, and the other thing. Because I'll tell you, when these hard times coming and they're laying off managers and HR department and they quote-unquote, quote yeah, them. all that middle band of worthless people that is the the absorbing, cash-absorbing sponge between the CEO and the people actually doing the labor, that middle band goes every single time it goes. And you have the people that produce and the people at the top scraping up the percentages, and you got to be one of those two. Because if you're a middle one, you're going to be gone. And we don't have the choice to be the top guy. So if you're a hustler, and that's really the only way I've seen how to to get all the way through it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it before, but it's a it's a vital uh, <clears throat> two pronged strategy. One is hustle and have skills. Thankfully uh because I, I know people don't like the great resignation or the great lay down but thankfully uh because there's such a shortage of labor employers are now starting to get desperate and they're knocking it off with this well we need six years experience in a software that's only been out three and a master's degree right so as per your experience it's, it's becoming more common they'll they'll train you they got training programs they'll hire you so but the key thing is you got to work more than the other guy you got to skill up and you got to get the experience and all that. So <clears throat> that's that's one part of the program. The other one you mentioned was not dumb, was spending your money on dumb stuff. Uh, and as you know, I am a huge proponent of minimalism because the the problem, and this is more, more Americans uh, than people think, but uh, the majority of people who do work, you think you're out of the clear. Okay, I'm going to show up for my job. No, then you guys ruin it by going and getting a car loan taking on a woman uh as a wife who has student loans you have student loans you end up taking home equity and loans out so you could buy a a a trip to europe or whatever um and then all these debts end up making it so that even if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year you're still living paycheck to paycheck because you bought all these things and these you got the latest phone instead of the the joker 105 which is the the 10 year old model that cost twenty dollars And even if you are working and hustling, you are so indebted that you are essentially a slave that you have to. And now you're in a very bad position because while employers are desperate, that doesn't mean they had to to come to Jesus meeting and are all now uh, meritocratic and everything like that. There's still cultural holdover. Uh, It's still very common that they will screw you over. Um, And so what you have to do is you have to have it where you don't need the job. Right. So that because you're a minimalist, you don't have debt. And so if you don't have any debts and you got your finances together and you're throwing away bank and ideally you have a side gig and some form of self-employment, multiple sources of income, you very much insure and inoculate yourself against any kind of effery coming out of corporate employers right? where if they start giving you the slightest bit of guff, like, okay, I don't need you buy, and then you go find another employer or you just coast on your, on your, your part-time income gig or my day I work security and I also taught ballroom dance classes. So anytime any of my employers got basically illegal or unethical, I could leave. So, um, that's the, that's the, it's not optional. It's not, you do one, you need to do both. You need to go and have the skills, work hard that will generate your income, but then you cannot be a consumerist or a materialist. You you must be a minimalist so that you you don't need that employer. You're not desperate. You're not dependent upon them. So the second they start becoming um, uh, simply untenable, unacceptable to work for, you can walk away and leave. Right. Uh, but the, and and I think i think there's some i think that because a lot of young people don't have any money i think that minimalism is starting to kind of make its way into the population but yeah don't handicap yourself by having debt
0: well i think the other thing that's important too is that you know if you take for example um the new laptop the new car the new whatever that you buy it's very exciting and yes what you're really doing is you're borrowing against your future work and your future money that's all you're doing is you're saying I expect to make this money in the future. I'm going to borrow that money from then and use it now, and then I'll pay it back, and you pay a, a percentage of interest on top of that. The problem is, though, like you say, you have to make sure you have that money, that "quote unquote" future money today. In other words, you're going to have that payment, whether it's on a house or a car or anything else. But what I th- I think is what I think is kind of important is that the best sleep, and, and I, I can say this from my own personal history. Uh, the best sleep I've ever gotten is knowing I can move, I can quit, I can leave, I can walk away. That I don't. That I. I'm. I'm. No one else owns me. You know that I, I, I'm a free man, and, um, and and that I, th- th- because the excitement of that object will go away in thirty. Let's say there's a fifteen hundred dollar laptop you want, or that six hundred dollar, five hundred dollar PlayStation, whatever. You borrow on a credit card, you're enjoying that PlayStation today, but that payment is, depending on how much you put on it, is going to last you six months or a year long after the excitement of that new object has lasted. Same thing with a car, same thing with the TVs and everything else. And then when you actually have cash in hand and you have to stand there and hand over all of that money at one time for that object, it makes you really start thinking about it and and when you live like that i find i start buying a lot less i start needing a lot less you start making things last longer and and, and i sleep better at night because there's not the like right now if you know youtube kicked me off and 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 local shut down and i lost all my income um once my house is made, you know, finished and everything like that, but I've got enough money for the house and I got enough money to have paid off my car. I don't owe anyone, anyone, anything. And then if I have to go down to a gas station and pump gas for 10 bucks an hour or whatever, and uh, I don't know, become a janitor or whatever, like I'll be fine. You know, it, mm-hmm. it may not be what I love, but there's not that I have to make at least X amount of dollars to pay for the stuff I haven't paid for. And I need to do that for the next X amount of years. It's you're truly free to do anything you want in the world because you can, you can sell the things you have and put, stick some money in your pocket. You don't know anybody, and, and you can just walk away. And, and I, mm-hmm. think, I, I think that peace of mind is more valuable than the new thing that you might be able to borrow and get today, uh, including real estate. You know, going in hawk for these five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar homes, oh God, like people yeah. are doing, and then the value drops out and it's only worth three hundred grand, and then either people need to walk away or they need you're stuck in that place for ten or twenty years until the equity comes back up or whatever. But if you paid in cash, even if it loses its value, who cares? You don't like it's yours. You can hold on to it or use it as a rental property. Or I just think, I mean, our government's going bankrupt because we've borrowed on tomorrow's work that may not be here. And that's literally what's going to bankrupt. The, the country did the same thing that, that we're advising not to do. They borrowed themselves into Hawk to where now uh, it's, what, 300%, 200% of GDP. We're done. Now It's we have to print or we're going to die. And if we keep printing, we're going to slowly kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we've literally done that to ourselves. The government is yeah. showing you what happens when you don't live within your means. hmm
1: well, and the the problem is, um, it, it is human nature to always want to consume more, uh, because that's how we survive. You put a dog in front of a bowl, it'll eat it'll eat until it throws up because it genetically doesn't know where its next meal is coming from. Uh, so we we have this genetic predisposition to always consume more, and that's why you get a an endorphin hit when you buy something new. Uh, but two things, one that's not sustainable, obviously. <clears throat> um but if without frankly love and family all people have now sadly is is consumption right the the new phone the new movie the new car because why i mean i'll say it again hey ladies wouldn't it be nice if you had a nice loving husband to come home to and guys wouldn't be nice with a nice svelte woman you could have sex and you raise your kids that would have that would have uh Removed any desire that you'd have for materialism. Right. Uh, if we started focusing on, on on people again, but that that's off the table, uh, largely due to women's choice. Uh, but the other so that keep that in mind. And as you analyze this as a younger man, like, OK, you're without family, without other people, you're going to have what else is there in life and you're genetically predisposed to want to consume. The problem is not only is that not sustainable, but it's not going to make you happy. And so some that you guys can do, and, and everyone has this. I, do you remember the sharper image? You remember malls, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, when I was a young man, boy, oh, man, wouldn't it be great to have all this stuff in the mall? Wouldn't it be great to have these things in the sharper image? Well, then as I got older and realized I didn't need it to live, <clears throat> what you're, what's happening, and this, young people don't have the benefit of this, and that is uh, novelty. Novelty has a limited shelf life. And- right now you talk to any old man the last thing a guy wants in his house is crap at a mall right any older man's like no i don't want that crap in my house why because we've been we've had the things and the stuff we've had clutter and we've been there it's no longer fun it's no longer novel i've been to disney world i don't need to go for a fifth time and if there's something that i could convey to young people that would really help them economically down the road is to try to not only identify the limited novelty things have, but to purge yourself of it or or get bored with something as quickly as possible. And two ways to do this. One, all you young guys want to own a fancy Ferrari or a Bugatti or a Lamborghini. All right. That desire is going to tax you for pretty much the rest of your life because most people can't afford one. Here's what I strongly read. This is some of the best money you could ever spend. Go down to Vegas and rent yourself a Lambo for a week. Might set you back three or 4,000 bucks, but go rent one. And the reason I want you to do that is then you'll know what it's like. The, the, The mystique is no longer there, and you'll realize they're loud, they're a pain in the ass, and they're
0: not that fun. They're just really pretty. Sounds like most women you could date today.
1: Well, right, yeah, no, I mean, go, go get yourself <laughs> loud, expensive, uh, you and want...
0: not that much fun.
1: Right, but <laughs> then, and then another thing is, all these guys want sweet pads, and we're now talking the two most expensive items in a guy's budget lifetime budget anyway, which is vehicles and lodging. All right, you wanna, you want a big ass mansion? You want a uh, a sweet pad? Go rent one. Go down to the Strip in Vegas. Rent yourself a, a penthouse. Rent it for a month. Do an Airbnb. Get it for a month. That might, that might set you back even $10,000. It's still worth it. You know why? Because then you'll sit in there. It'll be awesome for the first couple of days. You, maybe you throw parties. But you know what? You'll just get it, it. Everything loses novelty. And then you realize, I'm not all that excited about this place. I sleep in it half the time. I get up. I have my coffee just the same. And then you'll realize, I need something more practical, like a bachelor hut. Yep. And so you go and get your hut, your hut in the woods. And once you do that, you'll start to see how pointless and frivolous most luxury purchases are. Most purchases are. Like, I don't know about you, but you know where I go to get my clothes?
0: I I go to, like, Old Navy. And, uh, like, I, as a matter of fact, I get some of it online. And I, I've actually gone to... Uh... Uh, Salvation Army and, and picked yeah. up some old T-shirts and stuff because you can get you know basic T-shirt usually for like a dollar and yeah. most of the time they're clean and serviceable and because I I just don't care.
1: Yeah, I I go to Walmart and I go to uh, Goodwill. That's where I get my clothes because it's not now if I need a suit, <clears> thankfully <throat> I, well, I have plenty of suits left over from my banking days. But I don't I don't drop my money on stupid crap. I too get the base model phone and run it till it's dead and not functioning anymore. And what what I'm trying to convey, it's hard because you just you just a lot of things are just taught through life and wisdom and making mistakes. But what I'm trying to get young people to understand is that you don't need the things and what is absolutely more important in life are experiences, contentment, stability. Uh, You talked about getting good sleep. I have never gotten better sleep in my life so consistently than when I finished my house because now there is nothing left to do. I get a good days of exercise or adventuring and, and I do some work and then I have some tea and you all laugh. Oh, Boomer Clary, oh, look at these old men. You until you get there and you don't have it's not necessarily the tea. It's not like I look forward to the tea. It's I have nothing to worry about. Yep. Yep. I can get a good and then I go to sleep and I get up and I got myself eight or nine hours of sleep. And it's not a yay day. It's just steady eddie no drama no risk no worry and to get you to that point as quickly as possible is to have you get your fix as quickly as possible of the excitement and the craziness rent your ferrari rent your mcmansion for a month and then you'll be like oh and then you'll you literally will save a, a, i'd say a decade of you pissing away chasing fancy crap that you don't want. So that right. that's kind of almost the most silver bullet idea that I have to to get people to that to that financial level.
0: Well, it boils down to I think the difference between pleasure and happiness. You know that um because like you when you're like, "Oh, my house is done and I'm kind of at my own." When I was honestly the happiest I've ever been in my life was the day I walked away from my network engineering job. I I sold my I had a new truck, it was about 2 years old. I sold it for a bit of a loss versus its value, and but again, I didn't know anything on it, so I did, you know, whatever I could get, I could get. I literally sold everything, I put everything in a backpack, and I started backpacking around the world. I didn't know where I was going to sleep, half the time it was, you know, behind a bush if I got caught in a city, and I was just hidden so I wouldn't get mugged, it was behind a bush. Uh, in Iceland, it was in, you know, 40 degree, or for those of you, 13 degrees Celsius, and wet, and cold, and crawling in a tent, try to stay warm and dry out my clothes and and it was freezing cold and but I could go anywhere in the world. I could do anything. I didn't really own anything. I had a little bit of money in the bank that I was willing to spend on this trip. Uh and it, it cost me over the 15 month, I, I want to say it cost me like twelve or thirteen thousand dollars to just backpack around the world. I had amazing experiences but sleeping in a tent wet and cold trying to dry out your clothes huddled in a sleeping bag you can't start a fire cuz there's no freaking wood anywhere in iceland unless you're in the city <laughs> uh, where they where they import trees cuz it's just all wet <laughs> wet spongy moss and and rock and i was i was so happy and maybe the travel part isn't right for everybody but it's not the travel that made me happy it's almost like being it's you're free you're completely free f- from anything and you don't owe anyone you don't need to show up anywhere you you're literally just go do whatever whenever however you want and that independence i think that for me was happiness and then when you have pleasure you know pleasure is a nice good hot cup of coffee you're uh, maybe a good cigar you're warm it's a nice sunset that's pleasurable but that's temporary Happiness is nothing could be going on. Maybe you're mowing your lawn, but you're happy. It's not because you're mowing your lawn. It's because everything's good, but that is long-term. And so I think everybody's gotten so much of into a pleasure society. You know, oh, I want to get laid. Oh, I uh, want to go out for drinks. Oh, I want to eat the food that I want to eat without worrying about going to the gym. Everything's now, 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 now pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. But then if you ask them, are you happy? Like, do you like your life? Many of them are like, well, it depends mm-hmm. on what I'm doing. If I'm if I'm at work, no. If I'm, you know, banging some sweet looking girl, yes. But that's not happiness. Happiness is just kind of that underlying all the time feeling, no matter what's going on. And I think society sacrificed happiness for pleasure in all things. And then th- there's a, an, a discord of miserable medicated wine moms and sad guys uh, that feel like the world owes them and they, they don't have any contentment in their life. And I, I, think that's, I, I think that's where we are. And I think that's why everything's such a bad place for so many people. Right. And, and I would say the, <clears throat>
1: the, the quickest way to being happier, I would call it content, is that you have to remove any weights on your mind. Uh, which which starting out of the gate, you're all gonna have. I mean, you gotta get a job, you gotta get financially stable, you gotta get out of debt, things like that. And uh, but that that should really be your goal because like when you went and did your your global tour, you had no mental liabilities. There were no obligations. Yep. Um, I know this sounds very obscure or odd, but <clears throat> you know, you you build a house, there's all these things that gotta get done. And my goal is like I'm getting this done by next summer so I can enjoy the summer uh wh- when i knew kind of i had i had arrived is when there was not one single piece of clutter left in my house i had put everything away all these boxes you know you carry with you i went through all that i put all my mementos either on a display or i put them in a um, like a picture book or something like that and having that zero balance on your mental balance sheet of li- there's no liabilities on your mental balance sheet that there are now no obligations aside from daily ones like, okay, you got to clean and you're going to have to work a little bit and all that. But when you have removed all mental burdens and liabilities, you are mentally free. And now you have the environment by which you, you are content. You are happy. There's nothing bothering you. There's no annoying thing that you have to do. And then you can go ahead and enjoy a cup of coffee. Uh, But, but the, I think, like you said, people got it reversed. Well, they they mistake an endorphin hit for happiness, which means you constantly have to have a hit. You constantly have to be stimulated, so you then you become a junkie, and and that could be a direct junkie where you're constantly using I don't know heroin or booze or whatever to to get that feeling, or to go out or whatever you're constantly pursuing. But you're not dealing with the fundamental balance sheet you got and the structure of your life. And so, if you want long term permanent contentment where essentially the pain goes away. That's what you should be aiming for. Do you have debts? The first thing you should be doing is working another job to pay off those debts. Do you um, not have a skill? The first thing you should be doing is going and get some kind of skill so you could get a job. Do you not have enough money saved up? We'll start saving up some money and do it. Now, again, it everyone's looking for the quick answer. That's not a quick answer. This is at least a decade long process but in a decade of time if you are disciplined enough and you pursue that and you structure and organize your life so that it is that streamlined and absent of mental liabilities then you got the remaining whatever four decades five decades hopefully six decades of your life that it it's easy you don't have to worry about it anymore right uh, but i think with all the advertising and look at oh, oh look at the flashy things look at the crazy time these people are having on a boat look, look at this movie That's that's where you become a slave pursuing that lifestyle, which ignores your fundamentals uh, and ultimately doesn't doesn't bring about happiness anyway. So I know it's boring. I know we're boomers, but I know you see people flashing cash or whatever at a nightclub on a boat. Fine, okay, go ahead, do that. Get it out of your system. But realize at, at the end of a night at a nightclub, ask yourself, okay, was that fun? It wasn't there's no nightclub night. That's going to be like that again. There's no going on a, you know, going on a boat is fun, but like, it's, it's not, that was it. You experienced it. Now do you want to chill out and relax and, and aim for more long-term stable goals? And so it's not sexy. It's not exciting, but it'll make you happier in the long run.
0: Well, I think something that I didn't realize when I was younger, um, that I realized today is if somebody asked me like, you know what's it like being 49 you know what's it what's it i'm always like well i'm 18 still or i'm 21 still like i'm i'm still that guy i'm just a lot smarter and i make better decisions but you don't really change and um or if you do change it's not it's minimal you know I, I, so when you're a young person you always think well the people in charge the older people the the older generations, they'll take care of everything. They know what's going. No, they're just as stupid as,
1: <laughs> as everybody
0: else. And, and, you know, I'm no smarter than I was. I mean, I'm, i make better decisions and I'm smarter than when I was younger, but that came through experiences. It's, it, but if you ask me, uh, because, you know, like you say, well, we're just boomers. Well, really the boom, the difference I'm, I'm Gen X as are you, um, the difference between boomers like my parents and, and, Gen X is, uh, we know what's going on with the internet and computers and we're a little bit more in touch. And the difference between us and the millennials is they, you know, they, maybe they, they feel a little more entitled or they feel that the older generation screwed them, which is true or lied to them about college. And then the Gen Zers are probably looking at, at everybody. But what happens really is you learn from your experiences. And the only thing that I is different between me and, and then is the experiences. And so it's I've had the fancy sports car and I got it at a great deal. It was a, a corvette and it had low mileage and it was pristine and it was beautiful. and I always wanted a sports car and it was fun driving it. and then you realize, well I got to park out in God's Land so no one scratches it. Mm. And if there's a brand new scratch on a brand new car's paint job, that's stressful. And then it's either going to cost you money or you got to touch it up. And what it became is if I want to keep this nice, I have to treat it special and I got to park it out in the middle of nowhere. And it's, you know, it cost me 20 grand or whatever. And I've got this house and if I want girls to come over, it's I got to have nice furniture and paintings and it's got to look like I I take care of myself. And mm. And all of a sudden you find you're doing that keeping up with the Joneses or or trying to, you know, present yourself in a good way, or trying to be somebody, and even if you don't necessarily owe anyone a lot of money, even that, hey, look at me, I'm special, I'm unique, I'm here's why you want to be my friend, here's why why you want to date me, that in and of itself is stressful because then if you're alone and it's not working and you're not getting the attention that outside validation. That can be very upsetting to a lot of people. And I think what happens over time with guys like you and me and other maybe other men that are kind of stepping back from the craziness is you realize again those are all dopamine hits. They're all ways to mask other issues we have or insecurities or and that as you when you really have found your center and you've found yourself and you find what makes you happy and you're not worried about uh, making other people happier, or proving yourself, or validating yourself to other people, that's where you start realizing, you know what, I'm, I'm almost okay with anything. Like there's, I, I don't need anything, yeah, there's a couple things I want, but I'm happy, and I'm secure, and I don't have that insecurity, and I don't need that outside validation, and I don't need a certain number of friends to like me, I don't want, I don't need women to want me, I don't, I don't need and that's really what it boils down to is i don't need i got a couple of wants but i'm good and once you've landed there everything becomes noise that that you're just you're just in a very very good place and that means that uh, th- that peace of mind i think is probably the most valuable thing that a man can have is stoicism or mm-hmm. you know the the i am who i am it is what it is I'm going to muddle my way through the best way I can from grave to or from uh birth to grave and once you're okay with that the world gets pretty easy. Everything gets pretty good. Even if things are not great, they're they're good. Does that make any sense? It makes complete sense, but what I
1: think um <clears throat> what it is is when we're younger we're presented that things are better and I think not not so much directly lied to, but there's also kind of some hope. Like, I hope I get this girl that is like this. I hope I get a career. Like, you have this hope. But what I think we don't tell people, and I'm not even joking about this, but the vast majority of people are shit. Um uh, the The vast majority of people are not worth the effort. Like, think of middle school or high school. The best thing for you to do as a young young man or girl, uh, like let's say you're 13 years old, you're looking to start going to middle school. The best thing for you to do is to teach yourself and homeschool yourself. Get your GED or get your high school diploma as quickly as possible and avoid that. The best thing to do is not to go to school physically, college I mean. Uh, it's to go to school online and then only go to a physical school if you need to. The best thing is not to go to a nightclub and try and party and have a good time, because most of those people are shit. Yeah, they're not worth your time. They're not worth your investment or energy. An employer, the majority of employers, are not worth your time. I'll throw. That's you- why I always the- advocate, never you gotta you gotta get self-employed and. What you're hoping for is that there's this life filled with other people and experiences and events that mimic what you see both on television or or YouTube or, or, or your computer screen and what you are genetically naturally desiring to want to have. And there will be instances of that. But inevitably what you're going to find out is the world is really filled with a lot of lazy, boring, inferior people who are just not worth it. And once after you get, you know, go to the boat party, have mind numbing conversations with girls yelling over loud music at a nightclub or a concert, go do it. But realize, and this is one of the main mistakes I made is like, I must be having bad luck. It must be the environment I'm in. No, this is people all over the place. This is it's not bad luck. You're not running into the wrong people. That is the empirical real world. that you're dealing with. And once you realize that, okay, scratch your itch, experience whatever you want, but you really got to get back to say, okay, what do I want to do? What is going to make me happy? And not out there in the world. What, what, what thing, what experience? No, what do you want to do? And that it's a perfect example where you came to that point consciously or not, where it's like, I just want to go check out different countries and travel for 15 months. And it was the best time in your life. Why? Because you actually sat down and said, okay, absent of other people, absent what the world is saying it can deliver me, what do I really want that is 100% my control? Right. And so that was in your control. You went out, you did it, you controlled where you went. And surprise, surprise, you had the time of your life.
0: Well, I think a lot of guys today get kind of blackpilled on everything. And they just say, uh, you know what? This sucks. That sucks. Everything I'm I'm held back, and you know we're in an oligarchy because I, I see people in the chat here. Uh, they oh oligarchy, and you you got to work for the man, and you're never going to get ahead, and you're just a slave to the system and everything else. And the truth is, yeah, you're going to have to play the game a little bit, but there mm-hmm. are ways to win. There are ways to get out of it. it. When you're when you're stuck in the system is when you're grinding nine to five and you're a consumer and you're spending got and that. And you're in debt and you're you're not looking for your freedom. and And, you know, what is truly free for one person may not be free for another one. For you and I, interestingly enough, it was I want to be self-employed. I want to find my own way. And you know what? If this doesn't work out for me and I had to go back to the grindstone, I will. The difference is, though, I have my own land. Maybe I can have my own garden. I have my own water from a well. I have maybe some solar enough to run a freezer and fridge so I don't starve to death if I go hunting. I can, you know, learn to, to clean my own deer. and and. But that's what, you know, being a survivalist is what makes me happy now. And mm. it may change, you know, in another three years or five years, I may decide to travel the world, whatever. But it's freedom that makes you happy. The freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. And when you're working for somebody and you have all these bills to pay and you're trying to be the man to get a girl or be the man to, to do X, Y, Z. You're always living for somebody else. The minute you're truly living for yourself, which is you got a little bit of your own scratch together. Maybe you can work for yourself. Maybe you you own your things where you're, you're not kind of enslaved renting, to other yeah. people and renting and all this other stuff. That's where I find that, that my happiness truly comes from. And in the end, it's if you if I go back and look at high school and all the things that I thought were serious issues in high school, I wasn't popular, um, you know, the jocks got all the girls, uh, I wasn't in with a click of, of group of these people, uh, they made fun of me. And you're like, oh, man, life sucks. Well, now when you move forward a little bit and you look back and you say, those people didn't matter, that situation didn't matter, I don't care what came of them, I don't even really looking back, I shouldn't have cared what they thought of me. As you continue in life and you become a, an older man and maybe a more settled man, you'll look back and you say, you know what, the people that where I worked before and the, the boss was an idiot, and as you move forward, you realize the things of the past don't really matter that much if you're getting to the place that you need to be. And I think the people that are kind of blackpilled or down on things or feel that the system is against them you got to find a way to operate outside of the system. And the way you do that is by being debt-free and being mobile and being free-free to where you can just walk away from anything and anywhere at any point in time and go anywhere in the world and, and not letting your possessions and your job and the people in your life dictate who you are, what you are, and what you need to do. And the only way you can do that is by figuring out what you really want, not me, not Aaron, what you want, and then work towards it and make it happen and if you're not, then you're always going to be a, a slave to the system. If you are, you'll find what works for you and for me, it might be i mean it, it, me backpacking around the world was costing me twelve grand maybe maybe inflation takes it to fifteen grand. but if you could blog or write articles or write a book or or put it on YouTube and make half or three quarters or or whatever an ad revenue. You could, you could possibly travel around the world forever, and, and it's paid for for you. Figure out your dreams, and where people are miserable and black-pilled is they haven't figured out their dreams, they don't know what they want, and so they don't chase anything, and they're just doing the nine-to-five stuck doing blase-blase, and they think that the girls or the women or the parties or the fancy car or the big house or whatever is going to get them out of that, and it's not. Because as, as you do get older, I will tell you, there are nights I lay down and you start thinking, you know, one of these days I'm just going to die. And, yes. and <laughs> you know, and the lights are going to go out. And it's kind of like uh, if you've ever been really drunk and you kind of go to sleep and you're so drunk that you get a dreamless sleep, you kind of go to sleep. And then to you, it feels like four minutes. And you're like, well, I guess I got to get up. What time is it? 12 hours have passed. And there was literally nothing in between. What happens when that nothing happens? Is forever there is no waking up on the other side and you have to ask what am i here for what am i doing what am i going to make out of this am i fulfilling everything that i want to while i'm here and whether that means learning guitar or or travel or whatever you got to figure it out and if you don't figure out that's where you get the black pill what's it all for i'm just a nihilism yeah that's yeah. it and and yeah we're all going to terminate but do something with it do you know, figure out what you want and do it. Because if you don't, that's where things I think are going to get really bad. Um, Let me jump on this before uh, one thing I wanted to talk about. I made little tickers here just to to kind of remind me. So um, you write a lot about the finances you write about, but you also write about kind of the futility of, of, you know, the relationships, the way marriage is set up, the way finances set up, the way that women today basically are Putting down and laughing at men as if if we're nothing. Society's backing that up. What what would be your advice to guys when it comes to, you know, not just financial meaning in life and financial security, but a lot of guys still have the, you know, I want marriage, I want kids, I want dating, I want sex, I want what. How would you recommend? How would you recommend guys finding fulfillment or happiness when it comes to? Dating, sex, love, marriage, etc. You know what? what- you, you the
1: the main thing is you have to get your expectations in line with reality. Um, <clears throat> it, in the past, it was pretty much not a guarantee, but you had a really good shot that if you worked, that da, 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 da you'd get married and you'd have kids. Uh, today, that is not the case, uh, which is why I wrote uh, the book of numbers to show men, because men are very mathematically minded to show you the statistical chances of you, as I define success, being happily married. Of course, some people would
0: would um,
1: argue that's different.
0: It, well, let me just interrupt. No. The part that you threw in that I thought was so funny, because uh, when I read the book on numbers, was it's not just here's dating apps, here's the percentage of... But the fact that you threw insane women in there, there's <laughs> so many women yeah. have gone crazy, off the rails, feminist, whatever, that when you mix in those numbers... We've gone from extremely difficult to impossible. I mean, nearly <laughs>
1: impossible. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think I'd have to pull the actual book out, but uh, the the percentage of marriageable women for marrying age women, which is defined between 18 and 35, uh, is 1.5%. And, and that's just eight. That says nothing about chemistry. We're talking things like no STDs, no other man's kids, no crippling levels of debt. I mean, so genuine count.
0: real. Yeah. What's that? Uh, low body count.
1: Yeah, well, I that's not even in there. That that's not even in there. I mean, it we you could you could skin that cat a million different ways, but I I just was trying to get a ballpark figure. And the overall point is that we have gone through some technological, economic, and political changes that women just are not that interested in men anymore. They're not that interested in marriage. And their behaviors have have consequently changed, sometimes not for the worse. I mean, I have I don't begrudge women going out and getting mm. careers and making money. That that's good for them in the economy. But when it comes to men's pursuit of women and a role that women are going to play in your life, you you are generally men are making the erroneous presumption or operating from the wrong premise that women want to participate in your life. Right. And if you look at polling data and you pull it up and their behaviors Overall, the vast, vast, we're talking 90 plus percentage of women effectively do not seriously want to get married. Yes, in their mind, they want to. Yes, on paper, they do. Their genetics tell them to. But when you look at what ac- actions and efforts they're putting forth into the real world, 1.5% is marriage material. Right. And so it's, um, it's not fun. I know it's not what you want. But frankly, you were just born at the wrong time, uh, you know, beforehand for yeah, all of eternity, men, and women got married and have kids. And that gave everybody at least something to live for. Now, we are, here. We are first time, I think, in all human history that it's not the case. And so this presents men with a very interesting paradox, like, OK, the one thing that normally gave everybody and women too purpose and reason and living in life is no longer there. Now you got a really important existential question. What are you going to do with your life? And so I say that's the number one thing men have to figure out right now is, one, what, what are the chances of me getting married? What are the chances of me actually attaining this life goal of happily married with children? Or maybe not even married, just happily committed to somebody with a family. And if the chances are not good, which they aren't, what is my plan B to live my life? So it it's not so much a financial advice, but to, to have a financial strategy, you need a life goal strategy. And so I think that is the number one thing is assessing the statistical chances or the likelihood of you having marriage and children or a wife and kids. Uh, and then having a, I would say, mandatory plan B, a backup plan in case that doesn't happen, because, you know, the the what's it called? The. uh Morgan Stanley came with the rise of the she economy where just under half of women are not forecasted to be married by 2030. So this is a problem facing, or at least a question facing half the population of men and women uh, uh, going forward. So that's, that's the number one thing is to get into the real world and then start thinking about what you want to do in case that doesn't happen.
0: I think at least historically you look at uh, an unattractive man could still get a relatively, let me say, physically or facially unattractive man, could still be get be successful historically, become a doctor, a lawyer, you know all the tropes that that they usually say, and could still have a a shot at marriage and and a wife and kids and everything else, uh, because he had his success and would give her a comfortable life and the kids would have the advantages in the world. And since women now work as much as, if not more than men, it, they make as much as, if not more than men in, in many instances, um, men are kind of looked at as a disposable, not necessary thing, and they're we're almost used for uh, our physical you know, prowess and, and how good looking we Status, are. Status, even prestige, like a, like yeah. a necessary to some extent. Yeah. And, and we're not needed anymore. So after that, we're disposed of. After the woman has the kid or after the woman has, you know, the divorce and the money, or if she's successful, we've become disposable. And so I think the, a lot of guys that historically could do well with women, even if they didn't have the looks or the physique or the height or anything else, those aren't things that are important to women anymore you know, the 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 job title or, yeah, he may be a doctor, but it's not about marrying the doctor and having a good life. It's about uh, marrying the doctor, having the kids with the good-looking guy with all the genetics, and then having the best of both worlds. When you divorce the doctor, take his money, you got the kids from the genetically good-looking guy, and she wins, 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 and the men lose, lose, lose. Uh, so I think since things have changed, where, what would you say guys need to invest in instead of love romance the rest of it what would you what would you tell a a young man today as far as the dating world and physical gratification and everything else what would your recommendation be for how how they navigate that
1: well the it's a very simple answer because if not others then what well there's only yourself to live for which i I won't lie is kind of a lonely thing, but there is nothing look, if you can't find other people, uh, and I'll get to that later, but I'm talking in the in the role of having a woman in your life, the only person left to live for, the only thing left to live for is you. you're here, you're sentient, you're conscious, you will die. What do you want to do with it? And so it becomes very uh self-centered but not in an arrogant way because there's nothing else but to invest in your time and survival so
0: What's that? Self survival at that point. I
1: mean, yeah, it's it's survival, but it's also kind of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not selfish, but self-centered because there's nothing else to center on. Right. And so the analogy I like to use is like, look, you got this fighter plane. Um, You might as well take it to its limits. You might as well go and do absolutely everything you want to do in life. Now, there are some critical things you got to do first, kind of using Mazo's hierarchy of needs of a, as a prioritization list, you got to get your finances at order. You got to get really good skills. So an hour of your time is worth a lot of money. So all you have to do is work three or four hours and you go and play. You got to figure out what you want to do in life. Uh, that's, a, that's a hard thing to do. <clears throat> Exploration is a huge um, task that will definitely give your mind and your body something to chew on. Like you, the United States is a large place. Well, what about globally? I mean, you can literally spend decades of your time exploring the world, figuring out where you belong. That's one thing I write about in the menu. One of the important things is find out where you belong physically on this planet. That that takes a lot of time. Um, You got to find purpose and meaning in life. And uh, uh, thankfully, women are not the only people in your life. You have your friends. Hopefully you have a family. Uh, that you love and care about, whether that's parents or siblings or whatever, or nephews, nieces. Hopefully, if you're really lucky, you got some friends who don't screw up and get into the debt matrix and are friends, but they are incapable and handicapped to do anything because they don't have the money or the time, or they get fat and they can't <clears throat> they can't go on any kind of adventuring. Uh, you you take everything and and anything of value that this world has to offer, and you enjoy it and you appreciate it before you die and so that now the the like i said before there's kind of a prioritization get your get your ducks in order get really good finances be a minimalist um and and once you got those things squared away you got a good solid financial operating base to go from then you could start saying okay what do i what do i really want to do in life uh but um where was i going to go with that uh it, it is focusing there, there's material things you could pursue. There's other intellectual things you can pursue, but I really strongly recommend you try and find people nonetheless uh, because that's that's going to be uh, uh, the number one thing that will give you value in life. So anything from a fraternal order to spending time with your nieces and nephews uh, that that is is what I'd recommend. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. <clears throat> but then also, in conjunction with that, it is possible you might find a great gal. So I would not shun women. I would not swear off of women. I would certainly allow for the option of a woman to enter my life, and and I have. I, I have a girlfriend. Uh, so accommodate that, but do not put women at the priority. You will you will waste your life and most of your. Um, uh, Gestures or, or expressed interest will will not be reciprocal because women just aren't that interested in men. And then, as a as a side note, footnote, where you asked about getting your physical needs, now you just gonna have to pay for it. I mean, that w- I, I hate to sound so callous and cold and scientific as an economist. Men have been paying for it all the time. All right, <clears throat> I don't care if we go through rituals of putting rings on things. Men have paid for it all the time through outright financial transactions to mental investment to pay mental pain to time you pay for it and now that is just becoming that human long fact is now simply becoming accepted fact with the uh creation of things like uh, seeking arrangements or the sugar sites yep. they still try to dress it up like it's empowering women like okay it's just it's just prostitution that's all it is so if you want yeah go pay for it uh because you're going to anyway and I know there may be some holdover um, um, reservations or some shame or stigma associated with it. Not, no, no. Not, well, the women, I'm, the I'm women the first to admit, I, if I ever lost my girlfriend or we broke up or whatever, I would never go back to dating again. Well, I would just go to seeking arrangement and pay for. I'll it. I'll tell
0: you, the women feel no shame and they feel no, no they bad stigma, so men shouldn't. Um, let me let me catch up on super chats here real quick and uh, okay. see if anybody has some questions for you while I think of it. Um, Let's see, we've got. Uh, let's see, Cobalt Five cent one hundred twenty. Thank you for the one hundred twenty bucks. One hundred twenty bucks. Yeah, he says.
1: Man, uh, you're in a whole new league. Holy <laughs> cow!
0: He says, "Here's some land money." Well, I made a deal with him. I, I told guys that if they start, you know, anybody that sends a a three digit one. I'm, I write their information down and I'm going to do, cause I am going to do a men's retreat, uh, on a oh, portion cool. of my land, uh, where I have an outbuilding and a place guys can camp and park and, you know, some, some bathrooms and some cots and stuff like that. I don't know when uh, it's going to take me a little while to say for it, but I said, anybody that sends me three figures or more, I'll put them on a, a donation board and and I'll paint one of the damn walls with their names on it. Uh, so thank you. Call about <laughs> five. Um, uh, Matt Work 21, thank you for the two. Uh, he says, been waiting on a warranty repair of an LG mini split AC unit for over a month now. And that's going back to the labor. Just people are not working and they're, they're doing the quiet quitting. Uh, Landman sent 10, thank you for the 10. Uh, I sell land on owner financing. He says, I'm actually the owner. We live in a bachelor's paradise over here on a shoestring uh, budget, Cappy and Joker. I'll give you guys lots if you want send me your guys your email otherwise feel free to dm me so uh uh hey uh, free land i don't know <laughs> but, I,
1: I i'm the next piece of land i'm buying in the u.s it's gonna be open. yeah i
0: pro- i think i'm gonna set up my home my land get everything kind of squared away and then i'll probably travel some more uh cobalt five sent another 120 dollars my lord man uh, he says, always cut back on expenses. As a minimalist, I pay for grocery bills, whatever things I need from Amazon, uh, Lowe's gift cards, etc. by getting gift cards and doing a side hustle. Haven't had to pay for either of those things out of my pocket in about five years. Yeah, I think people are definitely gonna have to find side hustles. Um, uh, mattwork 21 thank you for the four. Uh, he says, the she will get slaughtered when AIs replace 70% of their jobs and they have nothing to fall back on. Uh, I I think the HR departments and all the rest of these are going to get crushed uh, they, up and coming are, soon, yeah. Yeah. and uh, the tired guy ninety nine. Thank you for the ten. Says I've got my family, siblings, and parents, and I've got my friends. As far as I'm concerned, I don't really need anything else. Yes, a fulfilling and sexual relationship would be nice, but it just isn't worth it. Uh, I agree with that one. And Mattwork uh, twenty one another one dollar. Uh, Cobalt's crapper new toilet name. <laughs> Uh, and then I have, uh, I, I did put in here, if guys wanted to ask in, somebody asked specifically here for you, um, where is it here? I saw it. Uh, hi, Aaron, what do you think the likelihood of the government mandating a digital currency is in the near future? Oh, I don't
1: know. I, I mean, it's the future, so I, I, I really don't know. Um, I think digital currency, uh, Keep in mind, we, that's already kind of what we have. The vast majority of dollars transacted are digital. It's just having a formalized one with complete, uh, like there is no cash. Um, I'd say it's in the near future, not likely uh, because they got bigger fish to fry. And frankly, the government is just too damn inept to, to enact something like that. I don't think no offense to the democrats but offense to the democrats you guys do not have the technical ability or the competency you can't even print off money and get kids to to get an education it gets them a job i i highly doubt you're going to be able to do the um the digital currency but i think more because it's an efficient technology i think that is going to be part of the future but I think I'm gonna be dead before that time. I don't think they're gonna be on that by that time.
0: See and the only reason I would disagree. Out. The only reason I disagree with you is how else do we get away from this thirty trillion? I think they're gonna roll it into something else and, and a lot of it will magically disappear as they get over into this digital currency. But it also allows them to track every financial transaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and then they can tell you, hey, uh, you bought too much meat last week. Uh, you can't, you go to ring something up and and they beep through the meat and you go to pay and it'll say, I'm sorry, you cannot use X for this meat. Go get the cricket burgers. Uh, right. Or I don't know. I think that they'll, they'll probably try to implement it sooner rather than later to get on some global currency so they can track what the hell you're spending it on. Uh, mm-hmm. You never know with that. Um, the other one here is uh, "Hi Aaron. Are you, uh, this is from Viking mail. Hi, Aaron. Are you writing any new books? As we just talked about, you did did come out with The Menu, your your mm-hmm. latest book. Um, anything else in the works after that one? No, I mean, I have a
1: docket. <clears throat> I have probably more books than I have life expectancy to write. Uh, the next one that I will probably write is going to be an addendum to uh, Bachelor Pad Economics, uh, kind of covering a lot of the topics we talked here because the economy has fundamentally changed it enough that although the advice in that book still holds, it is not forward enough looking to provide the philosophical and strategic changes that would be needed for a young man or woman today to to position themselves financially, take advantage of those trends. So that that is a that's in the docket. But honestly, after putting together this house, uh, I'm 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 never gonna retire. I don't think I'm going away. But I'm definitely focusing more on relaxation, enjoying my life, having fun. Uh, so I'm doing motorcycle riding. I'm here now, so I get to hike all the time, uh, play poker, uh, and really just kind of enjoy life for the last third of my life. So uh, th- there will be more books coming, but perhaps not at the same rate. Uh, but kind of between both worlds, serious book versus fun, I may actually be starting a comic book because uh, I did find an artist and uh, he seems pretty reliable and I've always wanted to do this comic book, but um, that that again, I I uh I think it won't be until I get to Vegas this late fall will I start working on anything like
0: that. Now, you mentioned uh, playing poker. and, and mm-hmm. So do you have a pretty good group of guys that you hang out with on a semi-regular um, basis?
1: Or? Spe- speaking of non-material things, uh, one of the greatest sources of joy in my life right now is the group of guys and some gals that I was lucky enough to be invited into where we play poker regularly. And um, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Uh, these people are so cool and so uh quality people and enjoyable. And uh, you kind of know right off the bat you're in a good group when they get to know you a little bit. And within 45 minutes, they're picking on you already. That's, you know, when the insults start flinging, you're like, yeah, yeah, these other people. Yeah. So I'm I'm very fun, but I get to play poker as much as I want, pretty much, and it's with a good group of guys and gals.
0: And how did you happen to meet them? Cause that's the hardest part for um, a lot of people. to yeah, just meeting.
1: I I, uh, I go uh to a cigar lounge. There's not that there's not a lot of venues in, in rapid city to go to. So there's a cigar lounge I go to. And uh, I ran into some people. I've been going to the cigar lounge for like 15, 20 years. It, it's always been here, whether I was a tourist or not. And then I just started, you get to know the locals and then like, Hey, do you play poker? I'm like, yeah. Oh, we play over at this guy's house every once in a while. I'm like, Oh yeah, I love it. And then I got, I got invited with the group and, um, yeah, they're kind of like this, this uh, family where we all insult each other, and it's wonderful.
0: It's it's like most things; you kind of fall into it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but you got it. That's another. It, I know there's a lot of introverts like stay in, read books, and all that, and that's cool. But to find that, you gotta you gotta put yourself out there, and, and you do have to go go make the rounds. But I'm I'm more of an extrovert than I am an introvert, so it, it kind of comes naturally for me.
0: It's funny; I'm extroverted until I'm the center of attention, and then I I don't like that. I've I've yeah, never it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's huh? I can do this because it's camera. It's me alone here. Most of the time I can edit if I don't like the way something turned out. But the minute I'm in it, that's why I don't do conferences and stuff, because I I do not like being the center of attention. I'll go to a group, 20, 30 people. I'm just one of the wallflowers there. Have a mm-hmm. great time. But the minute people start paying attention to me, I get, I get pretty uncomfortable. Uh, last uh, one we'll read here. Tired guy 99 sent 10. Thank you says a central bank digital currency will probably be implemented if the world country world slash country goes bankrupt, which I do think they'll do is it will allow them to control how and where we spend money. And that's kind of like what I was saying. I hope they don't get to that point. Um, and I think a lot of people go back to the barter system to get around that. Um, yeah. Cause there's a lot of people that, Hey, I'll trade you, you know, I'll trade you some bullets for some beef. If, if it really starts getting down to some of that kind of stuff. So uh, Aaron, any last words you'd like to to say to all the the fans and people uh, that have that 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 uh, I don't know your your lasting advice for the next uh, couple the of lasting years? Lasting advice, for, for um,
1: <clears throat> basically understand because of huge in, the industrial revolution, technology revolution, we've had some tremendous economic growth that has put our standards of living up quicker than our brains can adapt to it, and. Uh, Part of that is it has fundamentally changed uh, what is important in life and the dynamics between men and women. And what I I hate to say is that now that women can obviously earn their own money, and we now also have a welfare state afforded to us by this great technological and economic advancement, you're starting to see what I say is women's real and effective interest in men. And that is very little uh, beforehand. Women were dependent upon men. And I think we, uh, historically mistook that, that women like men. If you look at it, women don't hate men, but they don't like you that much. And it's very apparent in their behavior. And they are, if you look at the data with online dating uh, statistics, they're really, it's not the 20%. They're only swiping right on the top 4.5%. So, uh, that, that has changed things. Uh, especially for the current younger generation we kind of got a little bit of that being Gen X like we're kind of like oh yeah but now it's in full force and this is the choice uh, this is the problem I don't to say it problem but it presents a choice or a paradox of, of your generation's times like what do you do with your life? And so, as we talked about before, uh, you you got to get your finances in order. You have to live life for some reason. It's going to be yourself. I would never close the door for love and, and family if that's what you want. But younger people really have to sit and come up with another new plan and another reason to live. Uh, that's why I wrote the book, The Menu uh in part because it was a natural follow-up well if not women then what well here's here's a reason to live also because unfortunately the guy who helped me with the statistics uh fred on the on the on the book of numbers book uh he unfortunately killed himself uh in part we speculate because he couldn't find a wife yeah um and and no no man life is everything you're infinitely wealthy because you're conscious and sentient and awake and here and so you should absolutely go and live this life to the absolute maximum uh, ability and 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 joy and contentment and happiness as possible, regardless of what's happening to the economy, regardless of what the opposite sex is doing. And so, um, that's the the book is called the menu. You could read through it; it's a menu of everything to do in life. Uh, and that that's kind of almost secondary. Like here's here's a list. All right, but it's very important you understand the uh life consequences of essentially one sex abandoning the other uh and the philosophy that's going to be required to to navigate and lead and live and enjoy your life so the the menu will help you know give you some options but i think what's really important is understanding so that you achieve sanity so you're not confused and having a life that that's sane and not confused is is a much better life and that and that's the first step um but otherwise that, yeah, that, that's about it. You know, I mean, you guys could find me, you search me on the internet, you'll find me. Um, and, and, but yeah, just kinda, just kinda focus on yourself, take care of yourself. And, and if a woman comes in your life, cool. If not, that's all right too, but be prepared for that, that contingency.
0: The, the rules of the game have changed very quickly, very rapidly. And right. just, just keep up as you can. Well, Aaron, thank you very much. Um, uh, guys of uh, those of you in the chat, uh, stick around. We'll say uh, adios to uh, Sir Aaron Clary, and then uh, I'll I'll read the last of your super chats and uh, answer your questions. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'll reach out to you, man. Maybe uh, maybe we can. Uh, I'd I'd like to I'd I'd like to ride my bike. It probably won't happen till my my house and everything squared away. And I don't know, when do they do everything up at Sturgis? Uh, When is that? Is that, that's that's in uh, the spring, isn't it? July, the
1: last, I think the last couple of weeks of July, honestly, though, I would not come up. If you want to ride, don't come up during the rally because
0: it's rookie hour. No, the whole thing I was going to say is sometime Mm -hmm. around that time, not during, uh, but you know, the businesses ramp up and, and more things get going around that time period. So maybe this, uh, maybe this upcoming spring, summer of next year, once the house is kind of, coming along for me uh we'll we'll make arrangements we'll go on a on a, on a ride or yeah. something no, you always,
1: you always got a place to crash here of course
0: Awesome sounds good thank you very cool. much Aaron we will uh we'll talk to you again soon and I'll, I'll have you on. we'll do this again Thank you much Joker take right. care Take care sir